0: And thanks for watching or listening to episode thirty-nine of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. Whether you're watching on YouTube or you've downloaded, it have a listen on iTunes and Spotify. A nice review would be great. So all the media organisations can give us a little plug. You know, enjoy this one and enjoy next week because we're taking a little break then for a few weeks. Um, but we've got a good guest this week. Besides my co-host John Evans there, who looks more and more like a US Marine every week. Very pe- special guest, the main man at VIP, Mr. Steve Wood. Woody, thanks for joining us, mate. Good of you to give us your yeah, time.
1: No, no problems, uh, late substitute again, but uh, looking hey, at the, uh, the less here,
0: pal. Nah, uh... There's no late substitutes, mate. There's no, I'm <laughs> not having, The last time you was a late sub. And I'm telling you, that we, we don't tell lies on this podcast, Woody. Evans was asking to, for the other the the break to start this week, mate. And I was half with him and I said, no, the Woodster's on. <laughs> so we well, got well, this well, week well, and next week before we go on Ollie. Well, was,
1: was that this morning, that then? But well, what I'm saying, looking at the list here, it's quite a few that are VIP uh, orientated. So I'm yes. looking forward to it, especially to see what John's going to say on, uh, on round one.
2: Well, Lily, Lilly's is a uh, is like Gareth Southgate last night, you know. Um, late <laughs> substitute, but he put a load of trust in you, you know, like Rashford and Sancho. He bought him on at the last minute because he had hundred percent trust. So
1: that's uh, uh, late yeah. Oh, mate, I'll be slamming mine. No, no, we're
0: gonna be gonna, we're gonna talk football later. But I, I was on my Italian brothers at eight to one before the competition started, mate. Yeah,
1: well, it was exactly a better, it a better, I was happy about... to lose.
0: It was a bit I was happy to lose. So I tell you what, then you know how it works, Woody. Three months to chat. Round one's a really good one. John's come up with um, six and not out. So if your clock's ready, John, and your bells already is ready to ding ding. Yeah, we're ready to
2: go. Um, yeah, well we're going back in time six years, aren't we? When um, another Englishman trying to make a win some international honors, and Terry Flanagan became the first Englishman to win a, a world lightweight title. Now. My memories of that night are a crazy atmosphere in the velodrome, people yeah. tumbling down the tracks when Terry won, falling arse over tit, and he beat a good fighter in Zapeda. But because you're on, Steve, I thought I'd bring this up because you brought Terry from nothing to the world title. I know you've gone your separate ways now, but your memories and, and thoughts of exactly what it takes to bring a fighter like Terry, who didn't have a high profile even when he won his title, and manoeuvring him from literally nothing to the top of the world.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, when you seen it there, it, it, it's actually uh, six, years, six years to the day, on 11th of July 2015. So uh, my, my memories of that one is that, you know, we it was brewing into, into a good fight, you know, and it, it would have been a 50-50 fight, but the kid actually had a retirement. So it wasn't like he's won a world title, in effect. It wasn't until he had uh, probably his best performance at the, the first defensive, Lance Magdaleno, where... He was on fire at the MEN Arena. So, that's when it felt like he was a real world champion. That that night in the velodrome, however good it was, uh, didn't really uh, do it for me. Or I don't think his trainer, Steve or, or, or Teddy, got the buzz that they would have done if, uh, if it would have been like a, a clean win. But no, uh, looking back at it there, I think the only regret I have with Terry Flanagan is that when the talks of the the Krola fight, which would have been not just a big money fight for Terry, but also a big Manchester fight, that I didn't push um, Eddie and Frank Warden hard enough to make sure that happened because they were both uh, set in the ways that one wanted it on Sky and one wanted it on Box Nation. And I think at the time, you know, they had put the money into building Teddy up and they didn't want him to go on Sky. And um, you know that fight just didn't happen. So, really, truthfully, that's only Teddy, the only can with Terry. But the original question, you know, at the end of the day, the boxers have got to do it, haven't they? If they can't get in the ring and fight, you're not going to get them to uh, world title levels.
0: You, you know, my, my my memory of that, you know, you spoke about the fight there. It was the actual fight week, John? I'm, was you around the press conferences, John, and everything? Yeah, yeah. For work, it was I just the confidence around Terry's camp that week. It was, it was a, a real air of confidence that I, I didn't expect from them. And the other thing... Was the Peter's family all over? I think there was like six in a room, so they didn't have to pay. It was madness that with them that week. And then the night, as you say, I mean, you say there, Steve, it might not have been felt like it for Terry, but I thought when when he actually won it, I thought he still got that emotion of being a world champion. Um, Round two off again. Um, Fury Wilder off again. Is it ever going to happen? People, you know, are wondering that. and what it you know it's well documented the covid and all that in the camp but it's just a mess of the heavyweight division right now you know this time oh even during the pandemic this time in come december we thought it'd have all been sorted by now looking forward to joshua and you know joshua and fury could even have happened by now and instead we've got to we're in now in the second half of 2021 We've no you know, that Joshua versus Fury is now as far away as as ever been in the last two, three years. You know, Usyk against um Joshua hasn't been announced yet. We know we're hearing at Tottenham 25th. We we don't know that. Fury's gonna fight maybe October. You know, it's just a whole mess. You know, you're gonna end up with Joyce the WB, you know, Joyce is waiting for his WBO mandatory um. Wherever he's gonna, you know, is he man? He's so confusing. Joe Joyce is way he, He's gonna get nominated. Is he for the winner of Joyce and Uuski? Hergovich is having a final eliminator, and that fight could be thrown on Joshua. It, it's just, it's just a whole heavyweight mess. And the longer this goes on, I think the chances of of Fury and Joshua meeting for all four belts look less and less unlikely.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's a farce, isn't it? Look. Even when
2: earlier this year it looked like we were going to get Joy Susick, Fury Joshua, and then White would have been forced into fighting another contender, maybe a Ruiz. And you've got three fantastic fights there with storylines to follow on. But the heavyweight division, I'm sick to death of it. We just let themselves down time and time again, don't they? And it, all the steam behind and momentum is just gone, hasn't it? You know, yeah. everyone was excited. They could have really not save boxing because boxing's doing all right but they could have really made boxing a must-see event again and they've all just messed around dragged things out and the momentum's just gone
1: well listen I think probably being a bit harsh on the fact that uh, they have got Covid and and Covid's real and we've been in a pandemic and uh, you know you get situations where it's either legal or injuries and uh, you know boxing's riddled with all that there and can you imagine if he was all waiting for, for Fury, Joshua, and he got COVID, and I don't know if he'd be out in uh, Saudi Arabia or in Wembley. I think we'd all be ill, Ill as well, but there's, there's nothing you can do about it. And uh, I just feel that, not just because of the pandemic and the other things that are dragging it on, you know, Fury now will be probably 18, 20 months since he's four again. And, you know, uh, you, you worry about, about Tyson keeping it straight.
0: Yeah, look, I agree with you, Joe. I think the momentum's gone. There has been messing around in this. And, you know, boxing in the mainstream, it's still the heavyweight division that carries the sport. Round three, Woody, you want to speak about one of your fighters?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Josh Warrington v Lara, the 4th of September at Headinglet. Not not been announced yet, but obviously uh, it's happening and it's the worst kept secret um, in boxing at the moment. And... uh, I've been laughing because when we first announced the first fight there, people were saying to me, how did you get away with that? You know, how have you got away with that? It's a terrible fight, This Mexican. When he got beat, um, it was all like, why have you picked him? You picked the wrong opponent, you're mad. And now we're getting it, why are you doing it again? So I was just wondering what you two guys' reactions are to the, uh, the rematch because the reactions we've got is that once the tickets go on sale on Friday, they, uh, they won't be lasting long.
0: Hey look, it's gonna be it's gonna be the is it gonna be the first mega event in British boxing since the crowds are back. I don't think there's anything, you know, you've got the Joe Joyce at Wembley's a good card, but it's be the first big, big event as such. Um Steve, I'll be honest. I, I love Josh Warren and I love Sean. And you know what? I'll be on, I'll be on the prayer mat for him to win it. I, I don't like rematches like this at all. It, and it's just me, Steve. That's how I feel. You know, I thought Josh was well beat. gets a fight he can win, but I think he could have come back with a far less risky assignment than this. And it says a lot about Josh Warren and as a man though, that he wants this fight. And you, that's that's what up you know that's how I see it, John. I I, I was a, a little bit worried, but I spent a bit of time with Josh uh, a
2: couple of weeks ago now, and the way he was talking, he, he wasn't saying, "Oh, I don't know what went wrong," you know, doubting himself, wondering if he still got it. He says, "I know exactly what went wrong. I I can put it right. I know what I've got to do to put it right." So he's not kidding himself. He knew he got a he knew he took a pasting. He's not. We've had him on the show, haven't we, Steve? Yeah. He's not hiding the fact that he was badly no. hurt. He's not deluding himself into that he had a bad night. He knows he did things wrong and he knows how to put them right. I'm a, I'm pretty confident he might get it done. Um, more confident
1: having spoken to him.
0: Good, as well. Is he doing anything different in camp or anything, Steve,
1: this time? or? Well, he's certainly not overlooking him. Um, and like I said, right after the fight, we, we all overlooked him and, and no one more, more than me, so... Uh, We've got all yeah. the uh, the right sparring being being lined up, and obviously the things that went wrong in the last camp, and there was a lot, a lot of uh, little things that that went wrong. Uh, what will be going wrong on this one? Oh, so oh, uh, I'm confident.
0: Also, Steve, that fight week, did he do an excessive amount of media? I remember even doing an interview with me for VIP even the night before the fight. Well, ah,
1: ah, well.
2: You can answer that one in a bit, Steve. But we're talking about another another VIP fighter. And um, when the fight camp posters came out, you know, obviously Conor Ben gets the headlines and things like that. And in small print on one of the shows, it said having a yield room against Jack Cullen. And you know, some fights just jump out off the page at you. I thought that's imaginative matchmaking. It's brilliant matchmaking. It gives the fans are going to get a war. They're both going to be there to get hit and hit. They're both exciting. Um, it gives you a real gauge of where Jack Cullen can go. You know, he's, he's got markers with um, Canelo and Eubank, but Jack can't even afford to think of that, can he? It's a no. massive step up for him. It'll elevate him across the boxing world, really. Everyone knows having yield of him. Um, and I just can't wait for it. I, th- I think it's a fantastic bit of matchmaking and a surefire hit, and well done for everyone for taking it. Yeah,
0: you know what? I've got it as a real 50-50 fight, and I saw the bookies have Jack well odds on, I saw somewhere. I saw some odds. I'm sure I saw Jack, you know, really comfortable in the betting. But you know what? People will look at those, those, that, that, those two hammerings he got at the highest level, Canelo, and a world-class fighter. But you know what? He's, he's, he's not the worst fighter at all, Yildirim. It's just that highest level, he falls short. You know what? He beat Lelengamok, Lelenga who was ancient, but about three months earlier... Mock had only been the second man to, to beat Dimitri Chudenoff. He also beat Marco Parabon, which was an okay win at the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I mentioned the, the, the Mock one the other day to someone, and I also seen that another big name on him was in Glenn, Glenn Johnson, but well, I'm presuming that he, he he was getting his OAP at the, at the <laughs> time on it there. So I've looked at clips on him, and he, he, he's not the quickest to fight. He's, he's dangerous with the overhand right, which is something that. Jack's been a uh, susceptible in the past, I mean, been caught with obviously the, the main one was the Felix Cash, which uh, we look really is he's only lost because when he lost in the prize fight and he was shoved back on straight after he's in the semi final, not, not gone there. So uh, I just think, like John said, it, it's a great fight and it, it's what I call a, a bringing out fight for Jack. So I, I think Jack's going to be too fast for him, he's going to hit him too, too, too often to the body and head. And uh, I'm not even looking at a point when I, I think Jack Cullen's going to stop him and make a big, big statement. Uh, I think it's on July the 31st, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's and the
2: first he, of he the Garden shows. He's had time to grow into super middle as well now, hasn't he, Jack? Which he's got to be better suited. You know, he's. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a bigger middleweight than Jack Cullen. So he, he's had all mm-hmm. this time now to really become a solid 168, and And yeah, yeah I, I can't wait. Y- Yildirim... There's going to be unpredictable bits before and after, and I don't think he's the type to quietly accept a a small name. I think he'll go out swinging, but I can't wait for it.
0: Round five, Zach the Whack. I know we spoke about Zach Parker often on here, but you know what? I know he's unfashionable, you can say as such. But the last two fights, okay, I'm not saying Vaughn Alexander and Sherzod Kusinov were, you know, greats, But they were their guys in to give them rounds, and he's getting them out of the way properly. And I just think we've got someone here who's improving and improving, who might just move on. to. I'm not saying he, look, I'm not going to tip in the beat Canelo if he ever got that fight, but could be in the right place at the right time and win a version of a world title and get some defenses out of it. I think think he's got a good, I think he's got a, they, you know, market him right. I think he's got a good, nice way about him. He's got that Derby County football thing. And I think he could be almost, you know, like where Steve did it with Terry Flanagan, you know, on much smaller shows. So I know he's fought on a few big shows. He's the one who could come from relative obscurity to a bit of a name. And every time i have seen, I'm thinking, thinking that each time I see him and when I hear him in an interview now, because his interviews are, you know,
1: Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I I come across him in 2017 when uh, I was managing Lee Blackledge. He was like a a, a tough, good fighter and uh, hard work's night for anyone. Then, obviously, he's he's gone backwards since since then. Uh, But in 2017, he wasn't shot at all, and uh, Zach Park, I think, stopped him in, in, in the second round which he wasn't expecting. And, and the way he did it was like, he'd switched from Orthodox to southpaw and got him clean and, and, and put him put him away. And from from that uh, night, I've watched him since. And uh, he obviously can punch. When I was watching him the other night, obviously the kid was 41, but he still needed stopping. It was, it was a good body shot. And something that you think about is that he is going to get a chance at, at, at world level, but he's not really had that fight you know, the learning fight to fight at yeah. world level, but once you're in the mantis position, the hard call is, do you set the risk of having that learning fight, which you probably need to go to world level, or do you just carry on bowling over what you're bowling over, waiting for that world title? So, it'd be interesting to see what they do with him, because if they've got real faith in him, they'll probably give him that, that learning fight so that he can win the world title and not just fight for one.
2: Yeah, I, I won't say the names, because that's one to secrecy, but I've heard Two names we've asked for next, and the, I'd put them beyond learning fights, and I've actually asked for them. But um, I, I thought he, he did a good job. You know, everyone on that bill on Saturday night had opponents we should have got rid of, and he was the only one who did it in style. Uh, Dennis McCann, but Dennis was fighting a kid much smaller than him. Um, Lyndon laboured a bit, didn't he? Archie Sharp did, but Zach just did the business, exactly what was asked of him, and and did it clean and quick as well. Yeah, but come because- Round
0: six, Woody. You're going to whinge about football because it went to Rome.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought that obviously with it being such a big thing for the last six weeks, we, we even a boxing show. We can talk about football, but I want to kind of relate it back to boxing where. In, in the second minute, they got the goal, which obviously had come from the wing backs, which uh, was the five de- defenders there. he had gone down the right with Trippi, over to the left with and he put it in. And everyone's starting to think that um, he, he's a tactical genius. And then obviously relating to boxing, they've had the first round uh, knockdown and, and, the, and the show's going on and it's like, well, let's see, ease to a point, instead of stepping on the gas and putting him away, so my, my point is, I know you and John are football fans as well as boxing fans, the same as me. I think we should have gone for it. And uh, he was too defensive and they're all hailing him out. He's done really well for the country in, in a way he has done. But I feel is he let the country down because we were more than capable of attacking those old defenders. And what's the point of paying Sterling and, and Kane when they're in the middle of their own half defending when they should, should be up there? So I'd love to know what you guys think about it.
0: I agree with you, Steve. Um, but, uh, you know, I think he's done brilliant through the tournament. I do agree there were two negative second half. But that's also, you've got to take into account the Italians were pushing them back as well. So you've got to give credit where it's credit's due. The best team in the tournament won the competition, even though they had to win their semi-final and final on penalties. But if they'd held on for another 15 minutes, whatever it was last night... It would have been a tactical masterclass, and he got everything right so far. The, I, I was more aggrieved that it was him that decided young men should take penalties. The, you know that that's a it's braver those young men to stand up at the end there. Um, Jordan Sancho and the uh, the guy that plays for Arsenal. what they did was you know t- took some do took some doing, but I, I, I'm more aggrieved over the penalties than. You know, you know, not not chase not chasing that second goal in the second half. But you know what? I think he's at, he's everything else he had done in the tournament. I think he he did right, and I'm not going to dig him out over last night. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they went one better in Qatar next year. I, I I think they can win it next year. I, I really do. I, I think I, they're going to improve for that.
2: I, I agree with you both. You know, it's when they went one nil up, Italy couldn't get to grips with England and Trippier for 20 minutes and I I just think with that pace that youth I think getting Italy involved in a toe-to-toe end-to-end I think it would have suited England down to the ground but but by sitting back it just gave them a chance to slow it down play around and look for little gaps and I had a feeling of like inevitability to be honest that they were going to equalize um yeah so I I I agree I, I think um It was all there to be won last night. They had no injuries, no suspensions. They had a home crowd. They had momentum behind them. And it was a final at home. And I don't think we're going to get that for a long time. I think it's a real chance missed. And the penalties, yeah, brave to take take and brave to step up. But just put your foot through the ball. These stuttering steps and run-ups and waiting for the keeper to move never works. Run up, pick your spot, put your foot through it.
0: And if he saves it, he saves it. Well done, the keeper. But don't give him an opportunity. And also, you, you're right on that, John. because you're also getting more penalties saved than ever these days because they're analysed, these guys that take penalties. You know, goalkeepers have got notes with them in their gloves <laughs> Maguire, or something. Maguire
2: picked his spot, put his foot through it. Simple as that.
0: You know, there would be someone in the team who knows where that penalty is going to go because they played with them or It's their job too. You know, but as you say, you take it like Maguire. But oh, look, I think they, 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 did, they did superbly, and I'm not going to dig them out for, for last night at all, any of them, because... You know when, yeah. when that tournament started, if we got to the semi final, it was acceptable. They oh, went yeah. one better, and also you got to take the account that the Italians were pushing them back as well. Second half,
1: yeah. that's because we let them. That's what I'm saying. Is we kind of give the possession up and let. That- let him come, up and uh, I, I just think it, it, it was a disaster. We, we nah, won you that can't fun. say it's the
0: disaster, Steve.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a disaster. We could have won that comfortably, and we, we didn't do And like John just said, then will we ever get a chance to do that? And do, you know what, do it. you're
0: that typical football fan who loves going to have a moan.
1: Well, well, who loves going for a boo that's you on a I Saturday. Like, you go to like hey, every I Saturday. Like, I like to enjoy attacking football, Steve. You know, I know you go there. You go there to get entertained. So I like for you watching Fulham. But, hey, uh, you don't watch <laughs> Fulham.
0: Fulham, believe me, play. We're under Scott Parker, and you'll see it at Bournemouth next year. That is how they play. That is how yeah. they play. And and I think it's becoming a bit of a trait of English coaches to play like that, yeah. set up not to get beat. I'm trying yeah. to outthink themselves when.
2: Yeah. Last night, we had all the tools, we had the personnel, and the English style would have won last night. Attacking wide, we had no pay. They've got that guy, Emerson, who reserved for Chelsea at left back. They should have had Sterling bombing at him. Saka bombing down the other side, and it was all there. The, the English style yesterday would have suited England down to the ground. High pace, high energy, and, and took advantage of those old defenders. That's
0: what I yeah. think, anyway. Well, you know yeah. what? Football's not coming home. But before we let you go, Steve, is boxing going to come home for Josh Warren? And we were talking about him earlier.
1: 100% that's coming home, mate, yeah. To to another full crowd as well, yeah. So, uh, at at the moment, I think uh, the licence is for 20,000, but the 17,000 tickets go on sale because they're not opening the standing areas at the moment. But uh, they'll reconsider that when the 17's gone, yeah.
0: So, uh, you've got a show that night or the night before, is it?
1: I've got a show the night before, so I'll be going up to the way in there, coming back to Liverpool to watch the uh, Bennett and Gardner fight, which is a great fight. Yeah. And then, obviously, uh, back to Leeds on the, uh, the Saturday.
0: Yeah. I, but I interviewed Kane Gardner last week, Steve. Does he ever stop smiling? Oh, he does yeah. his grin.
1: <laughs> he's all right now, he's got a fight because uh, he's been training all the way through and a few opportunities were coming up and then fell through. So uh, he weren't smiling then, but now he's got a fight, he's smiling. Yeah. Right. any John, before we go, Woody's had
0: plenty to say tonight. He's been quite a lively guest, you know, not as controversial as last time when he uh, spoke about the Australian box chest <coughs> chess measurements um, that caused a bit of uproar, mate. The woke brigade didn't like. Have you got anything <laughs> to add, controversial or not, John? No, I don't know. I think we've covered a lot tonight. I think we've put the world to rights, haven't we? We can cover everything on this sport,
2: football, boxing,
0: you name mm. it. Fellas, it's been brilliant speaking to you both. Good seeing you, Woody. Great seeing you, John. As I say, you, you look like, I don't know, if you had ginger hair, right? I'm not allowed to say that. Well, I do, any Ginger hair. You look like a mini version of Jim Bentley with that build of yours now, you know? I don't know whether to take that as an insult or a compliment. Well, he look, he's built up one of them little marines. because he wears all those loose clothes all the time. But that's who I'm, I'm, I imagine you are if you had a bit of a flame hair.
1: <laughs> bacon, you're now, John, don't you? Yeah, it's time to call it Chris. <laughs> Shall I go now? <laughs> <laughs> look at what you look like. Fellas, if
0: I've really enjoyed this tonight. I've got to go because I want to get some food anyway. See you all later.
1: Right, See you soon, Steve. Cheers, fellas. For all boxing,
2: info, news and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across the north, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and
0: Facebook.